Hey, what's up? Welcome to another episode of Generation on a Mission. Here is an episode I know you're going to want to listen to. If you're ever like, all my kid wants to do is play, how am I supposed to teach him anything and prepare him for the real world or kindergarten when he's still young? Don't fret. But that's a great question because obviously if your kid wants to play all day, that means your kid is what? Normal. Yes, of course. And play is so very important to your little ones. In fact, it's how they learn best. And you're like, right, Michelle, but ABCs, one, two, threes, how about all those? What about learning all those as well? They can't learn that when they are knee deep in race cars, can they? No, they can. That is a wrong mindset to have. They absolutely can learn it all. And you, yes, you can create an environment where play is the name of the game and they are still learning things that will benefit them for school and beyond. And we're gonna dive into that and how to accomplish that goal in today's episode. Or maybe you just wanna help your little one learn, but you just don't know where or how to start. If that's you, then strap on for a jam-packed episode full of lots of simple, easy things you can do with your active little humans to get them geared up and ready to learn. And I promise you're going to learn so, so much. So let's dive in and here we go. Hey there, mama. If you want to raise empowered kids who actually listen while parenting biblically, you're in the right place. Not only does this podcast help you strengthen their spiritual gifts and walk in purpose at a young age, but it also teaches you how to parent with intention. Welcome to the Generation on a Mission podcast, where we focus on fostering our children's leadership skills so they can become world changers. Hi, I'm Michelle Schaff, former classroom educator turned parent educator, blogger, and podcaster, all while changing dirty diapers, drinking lukewarm coffee, and leaning on Jesus. Grab your headphones, whip out the tata, and start feeding your baby. We've got some learning to do. So you might have been blessed with a busy-bodied little one, which is a-okay, right? But maybe your little one just wants to play in mud and slam race cars into each other. I mean, how are you ever supposed to prepare him with what he needs in order to be prepared for grade school? Or, you know, how can you focus on boosting that cognitive development while he's playing? How do I build in those skills? I'm going to break down five easy ways to tie in learning with your little ones while still allowing them to be kids and play all day long. The first way to teach your kids is to simply let them play. Let them play and tie learning into it. Does that sound complex? I promise you it's not. Let's go ahead and break down play-based learning and it's as easy as it sounds. It's tying and learning while they are playing and this means that you take advantage of moments when they are actively engaged and interested in what they are already doing. Tie in some sort of learning component to what they are playing with. Colors, shapes, and counting are a great place to start. If your little one is interested in cars, have them identify the different colors there are. He's already playing, so you might as well teach him something along the way. So what if your little one has already mastered colors? What can you do next? Sort them in different ways. Start with size. Have him sort them in order from biggest to smallest. Sort them into groups with four wheels, two wheels. Sort them into trucks or cars. Can any be both? Ask questions along the way. That is the name of the game 
when they are playing. And categorizing and sorting is a great way to get their critical thinking wheels spinning at a young age in a way that may be super simple to you, but it's actually quite complex to them because they're learning to see and think about objects in a different way, which is a valuable thing to know how to do. Once they do that, you can start asking about, well, which group has more? Which group has less? How many do you have all together? It's a great way to introduce counting and learning how to count objects as they touch them drive the cars away and talk about subtraction. Super easy. If their interest has already peaked, they are much more aware and able to apply concepts because it's something that they enjoy doing. It's not forced and it's a bit more natural to learn. And just be casual about it. When you're more casual, they are more likely to be engaged and open to learning what you're about to teach them. And I want you to think of it as exploring together. If you're intrigued, and just casually ask, hmm, I wonder. They are more likely to think about the concept you're exploring on their own terms as opposed to on yours because you're not forcefully teaching them and saying, here, you know what? You should learn this about this and this is what happens when you do this. But if you say, hmm, I wonder what happens if you're opening the door for curiosity and allowing them to wonder with you. If you have their attention with whatever it is they are already doing, they are more likely to have an open mind and make those connections themselves. And it doesn't just have to stop with math. You can also create racetracks with words or create labels for different types of vehicles and work on beginning sounds. If they are already playing with cars and trucks, create a parking lot labeled cars and another one labeled trucks. Just tie in reading that way. It's super simple. And have them drive all the cars to the car lot and all the trucks to the truck lot. And if they have more than that, then make another parking lot. Make a parking lot for Mustangs. Make a parking lot for Camaros. Talk about syllables. Talk about beginning and ending sounds, vowel sounds, number of letters, all that good stuff you can tie in with such a simple activity. If your little one's not into cars and is into unicorns and princesses, you can do the same thing. <laughs> you can create magical lands where unicorns and princesses can go and have them sort objects and I actually have to apologize I have no experience these days with kids who like rainbows and unicorns uh, my kids like cars and trucks and all kinds of vehicle things but as they are playing just think about how can I sort these can I teach colors can I tie in beginning sounds rhyming counting shape size what can I tie into this? Then as they get used to doing those things that they're already doing and the things that you're teaching them, try to tie in reading in some way. Like, are there words that I can tie into what they're doing? Or simply put, how can I tie in a small element of learning here and there with what they're already doing? And here's a super simple example. We're getting ready to do some activities for St. Patrick's Day. So I thought, hmm, well, we see a lot of rainbows and books around St. Patrick's Day and spring is coming up. So let's just learn about rainbows. So I thought about how I could build some context with rainbows I mean he already loves playing with cars so as he was playing I just casually asked hey do you know the colors of the rainbow we've seen rainbows before so he has some background knowledge about them already and that's always a great place to start make sure they have some sort of background knowledge or at least a curiosity about it before you dive into something that you think they want to learn about because they might not and that's okay but having that context helps build those connections so we just read a book with a rainbow in it so we got it out and identified the colors to help build those visual connections. And then I asked, hey, do you think you can make a rainbow with your vehicles? And he got really excited and started finding all the vehicles to put in rainbow order. He loved it. So then I thought, well, I could keep going on with this, right? Is there anything else we can make rainbows out of? We made a rainbow man out of blocks and he actually was not that interested in it. So I just made one and I'm like, hey, look at my rainbow man. And then he decided he wanted to make one too because I made one. And if you're interested, odds are your kids will follow suit. So he was still engaged 
engaged in rainbows after that and I just so happened to have a fruit of every color in the house so we dove into brainstorming fruits of every color and then we made a fruit rainbow and it was really cool and he was really proud of it as well so that is an example of how learning through play stemmed into something even bigger than just playing with cars and that's how it all starts it starts with play and it can stem into asking questions and curiosity along the way and learning through play by asking questions is a great way to teach them new things and also build brain connections and it often leads to other lessons as well in a more natural way for your little learner. So the next way to build connections, way number two, is to provide visuals to everyday concepts that you're already doing. And this can be anything from movements with hands to whole body to actually creating a visual of what you're talking about. So what I mean is I want you to think about every moment as a teachable moment. But also I want to emphasize the importance of finding that line between taking advantage of teachable moments but not forcing it because it's all about what is already piquing your little one's interest. If they are already interested, then great, take advantage of that. If they aren't interested, then don't force it. So if they are intrigued by something and they look like they're willing to learn, take advantage of that opportunity. If my little ones want to learn something in the middle of me cooking dinner, you better believe I'm going to stop and engage with them. And I'm serious. I've burned food before taking advantage of those teachable moments because I want them to know that I'm so excited and invested in their curiosity. That's important to me. You don't have to go that far, but just take advantage as often as you can when your little one is interested in something. And I'm also going to take a minute to squeeze in how you shouldn't be afraid to use big words around your kids. And I think some of us shy away from using big terminology because our kids are just little. We think that they just won't understand because they are little and have little brains when it's really quite the opposite. The first five years of life are the most important because their brains grow and develop and change so much. They are like little sponges, so why not take advantage of that opportunity and teach them big concepts? My three and a half year old knows all the moon phases, presidents, facts about the presidents, plant knowledge like chlorophyll, deciduous trees, why they lose their leaves, months of the year and days of the week, and can apply them in states and some capitals and other things. And why is that? Because we just talk about everyday life with him. We point out things that are relevant to what he's been learning when they come across our day-to-day lives. But believe it or not, most of my conversations start with, hey, did you know? And that tells me if he's willing to take the learning to the next level or not. If he's not, I'll just finish my sentence with whatever fact and I will move on. If he's intrigued, he will usually repeat what I just said back to his dad who's in the same room (laughs) and we'll ask more questions and see if we can learn more about that concept through looking at pictures or books or videos and other resources to make that concept more concrete for him. You have to find a way to make the learning concrete for them so that way it helps build those brain connections. Learning is not surface level. It's not just about learning ABCs and one, two, threes. It's about learning how to build those connections in the brain so that they're able to apply the concepts that you're teaching them. And this comes through movement and visual. For instance, if I see a moon or clouds in the sky, I will point it out and then we will just ever so briefly talk about it. Like the other day I asked, hey, look, do you see that waning gibbous up in the sky? And so now he knows what a waning gibbous is. He just picks it up because he sees it and we talk about it and we apply it to everyday life. Since we've been learning about states, I took advantage of the fact that license plates belong to different states. I just casually started the conversation while we were in the car with, hey, did you know that every license plate tells you where that car is from? His interest peaked and then we took advantage of looking at license plates that whole trip asking, where's that car from? 
well, that car is from Iowa because it looks like ours. He was applying it on his own terms, which is so important. And I've mentioned before, crossing the midline is a great way to strengthen those brain muscles by using both sides of their brain. Making learning whole brain, meaning you tie in motion as well as verbal repetition with concepts you're already teaching them, helps build those connections as well. With just about everything I teach from ants, uncles, to shapes, to letter sounds, to numbers, I tie in motions with a song or a chant. If there's not one out there, I make one up. <laughs> they don't always sound pretty, but I do. Or I use pictures to teach the concept. When you tie in the audible with the visual, man, that is a good combination. And I'm not talking about watching it on TV or videos, especially if they're under two. Please, for Pete's sake, keep the screens to a minimum for those little guys. They need to learn how to build up that attention span on their own. And when they're in front of a screen for too long, that goes out the window. So please just make sure, keep the screens to a minimum, but find other ways to explore what they are interested in and how to teach them in other ways. So you can tie in visuals with pictures, books, hands-on manipulatives, and do this as often as you can. The other day, for instance, my son was really dragging getting dressed and I just so happened to have blocks out. So I thought, well, now seems like a good time to talk fractions. Sure, why not? So I got out four red and four yellow blocks and I asked, hey, is dad dressed? Yep, here's a yellow block for dad. Am I dressed? Yep, can you add another yellow block for mom? Is your brother dressed? Yep, add a block for him. Are you dressed? Oh man, no, you're a red block. Wait a second. There are three yellow and one red. How many of us are dressed? Three out of four, yes. How many of us need to get dressed so that our whole family is dressed? Yes, one more. And that got him motivated and he got dressed. And he added in the last yellow block and was so excited that four out of four of our family was dressed. He screamed, our whole family is dressed. Four out of four people are dressed. And now I use that as a visual when we're talking about our whole family getting dressed for our day or dressed for bed. And we don't do it every day, but if he, it's there if he wants to do it. We learn about it, we listen to a song about it, we talk about it, and I try to tie in concepts that we see every day. It's super simple. And here is another one of my secrets. And I think this is one of the most important keys to teaching your little ones. And that is a combination of teaching them through songs and teaching them while they eat, which is silly, right? But it works, I'm telling you. Hear me out. We eat shapes and colors, for example. So why not use that time to teach your kids about shapes and colors or math, counting, right? Counting your fruit. We actually use breakfast times to go over the days of the week and what day it is, the weather, the month, the year, a.m., p.m., and all that fun stuff that's related to time. And meal time was when our three-year-old at the time learned how to tell time and read double-digit numbers. And just to go on with it, the lines of exposure, we have a hundreds chart next to our kitchen table just to leave it there. I don't even reference it oftentimes. He just picks up on it when he's eating. So sometimes when he's eating, he'll take initiative and start counting or identifying numbers. So we took it to the next level and applied it to something that we do every day and that's tell time well you already know how to read double digit numbers so let's teach you how to tell time and that comes in handy when you're not near your clock you're like hey buddy can you just go tell me what time it is and he's he can do it and it's great so we also teach about curves and lines and angles with his pretzels and other food that he's eating at lunch and i've used his fruit to teach him how to count to 10 add two different types of fruit together and subtract as he's eating. And I don't do this every day, but I just do a little something each day just to make sure it's something. But what I do every day during lunch is listen to learning songs. We listen to the same songs over and over again. And yes, it gets kind of old, but he loves it and it's benefiting him. So I just have to remind myself of that when I get sick of hearing the songs, but I'll let him make the requests. And usually 
like I said, it's the same songs in a different order. And I'll play the same counting songs, Spanish songs, color songs, ABC songs for my one and a half year old as we go through the motions of the letter signs and identify colors that are around us and count objects while we eat. And his attention is peaked at that moment and he enjoys the song. So it's applying the concepts to everyday life, which I think is the formula to success. And so he will start to apply it on his own time. And he actually just started to count to 10 the other day, which was crazy to me because he's only one and a half. But when they pick up on it, it will blow your mind. So just expose it to them, repeat it over and over and over, and they will get it soon. And that's a good segue into my next tip, which is listen to music as often as you can. And like I said, I'm not talking about watching videos. I'm not talking about listening to the same Coco Melon songs every day. I'm talking about just listening to different songs. And of course, I'm implying that these songs are appropriate for our little ones, but listen to songs every day. Expose them to the different beats and tempos and rhymes and rhythms and artists and genres. And when they hear different songs by the same artist, they will make connections, which boosts brain performance. And they will learn to memorize lyrics, which boosts language. <laughs> and they will learn to recognize which songs sound like other songs or learn to identify artists based on how the song sounds, which that is thinking deeply for a little kid. So if they can do that with music, think about what else they can do in other aspects of their lives. Just because they're listening to music, they're able to think critically and make connections to the things going on around them. Right now, my kids are actually really into Elvis of all things and Christian rap, but exposing them to different types of music has played a huge role in their cognitive development. I use music to teach them literally everything. If we talk about rocks, I find a song about it. My three-year-old had a question about volcanoes, so we listened to a song. Presidents, song. States and capitals, song. Over and over again, every day, until he gets sick of listening to it and wants to move on. And the last thing I'm going to mention is exposure. And I referenced that a little bit earlier, but this is one of the most important parts is exposure. The kids will pick up on it at their own time. Just put it out there to see where it takes them. Have visuals up on the wall sing songs, just expose it to them. And as they pick up on it, that's when you take advantage of asking deeper questions like how and why and asking them, well, I wonder what happens if. So when people see my kids, I feel like most people look at me and think, man, she just drives the point home with her kids. And I really, I try not to because I know that can be burdensome to my kids. But all we do is is listen to songs, I expose them to concepts, I teach them at lunch when I have their attention and I associate movements with what I'm teaching. I use visuals and I try to connect what they are learning to real life as much as possible. But most of the time, I let them play and read. I read books with them all the time too and they look at books and that helps as well. So there's an extra for you. And yes, I will throw in reading and math lessons every once in a while because that's the teacher in me, but it's all about finding what motivates your kids and what interests them and building real world concrete examples. When you do all those things, you have the formula for success when it comes to building connections in your little one's brains. And you will see your little one blossom and blossom blow your mind on their own timeline, but it will happen and you will be shocked and you'll be blown away like, oh my gosh, I didn't know you could do that. You'll just be blown away by everything they learn, I promise. Okay, that's all from me. I hope you have fun helping your little one learn this week. Take advantage of those teachable moments and see where it takes you. Have fun learning with your little ones and see how these things help your little ones learning just take off and soar to new heights. Expose them and let your kids be the guide. 
And I'd absolutely love to hear about your successes if you want to share them with me in our Facebook group or on Instagram at Michelle Schaff. Or if you want to email me at generationonamission at gmail.com, I would love to hear from you. I hope you have a blessed week and I will see you next time. Thanks for listening. Real quick before you go, if today's episode made you laugh, learn, or love your littles a little more, please head on over to iTunes, subscribe, and leave a written review for the Generation on a Mission podcast. If you're needing simple ideas to boost learning for your kiddo, be sure to follow me on Instagram at Michelle Schaff, S-C-H-A-U-F, or join our Facebook page at Generation on a Mission. See you next time.